We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 286. I'm Rando, and I'm going solo today. Corey has some stuff to do. Gary's in Springfield, and uh, I'm left here by myself. I hope you all don't get bored with that. I got a ton of stuff to talk about (laughs) that uh, is coming up and needs to be noted. Uh, First of all, happy October. We went into October. I'm recording this on October 3rd. It's about 8 o'clock, so the information you're going to hear in this podcast is based on what I got this evening, so it could change tomorrow. But the title of this podcast is called Frosty Temps Near. I know, don't freak out. Uh, We're going to talk about that in a minute. But in the meantime, today was a fantastic day. We've had a stretch of well above average temperatures. And in the 80s up to around 90, our weather station has been hitting 90 degrees for like the past three or four days. I mean, they're talking about upper 80s to 90s. We're just in that remaining little heat ridge uh, that <laughs> that's up in, you know, moving up into Missouri and Iowa and Kansas and stuff. I mean, we've been warm. Uh, the average temperature, just for reference, the average temperature today in Springfield is 75 75, and we've been hitting 90, so that's well above average. The average low is 52. Next week, October 10th, will be 72 and 50, so we are definitely headed into the fall season. Now, let's talk about something. Today's the last day. I wore myself out. I went and played, (laughs) are you sitting down? 30 holes of disc golf with my buddy Phil and Jacob. And uh, yeah, it uh, we started earlier, so we had enough time to do it. I ended up nine under. Uh, let me give myself some applause. Thank you very much. If the if you're golfers, you know under par is okay. That's enough of that. Uh, <laughs> under par is good. I don't know what happened. I was just putts were good today. Uh, yesterday, uh, I think I played and I was even or one over, but that was a different course. Anyway, I digress. Wanted to play as much as I could today because we have a cold front coming. It's a pretty major cold front. It I wouldn't call it a master blaster because we you've heard us talk about master blasters in, in the past. A master blaster is a powerful cold front that has associated severe weather with it that just slams through and all of a sudden we've got a 20 degree temperature drop. I mean, it's, it's a major event. This is not a master blaster. This is a cold front coming in. It's going to be approaching, well, right now it's stirring up some severe weather over out, way out west, Colorado, um, down to Texas. And I think that's it. I forgot to look. 
Uh, I looked earlier, but I forgot. The Storm Prediction Center had a slight risk out for that. Well, that's kind of the front, and it is headed this way. Now, remnants of the, that severe weather will be kind of moving into the area along with that cold front. Uh, we're not expecting severe weather here. This is... No. I mean, there could be some thunder showers, but, you know, no, no reason to get all... Get all out of out of whack, out of sorts with anything because it's not going to happen. Um, so the the forecast. Uh, let me go through the forecast grid because this is quite fascinating to see this. Um, the front's going to be sagging, and it's sagging for the northwest, and it's it's not going to. I, I don't want to use the word stall. It's just going to go really, really slow, and when it moves into this area, it's going to allow pieces of energy to ride up along that front. Well, we all know what that means. It could be some heavy rain fall in some parts of the area. Matter of fact, the Weather Prediction Center, or WPC as we call it, has placed southern Missouri, northwest Arkansas, and portions of northeast Oklahoma in a slight risk for excessive rainfall. Uh, so i got to tell you right now, as of, as of this, as this evening, now this could change, uh, we're the National Weather Service in Springfield is forecasting up to two inches. I think there's going to be pockets of more than that somewhere. It looks like the heavier rain is going to be south of 60, Highway 60, mostly down in eastern Oklahoma, whatever. They have a, a graphic out. Let me call that graphic back up right now, where the, the graphic says Branson is going to get maybe one to one and a half inches, but right below down there in Harrison, it's at least, you know, one and a half to two. I think it's going to be a little more than that. And the only reason I say that is because we're going to have these waves of energy right along. Now, everybody's saying, when is this going to start? Most people are going to listen to this tomorrow morning or tomorrow sometime. So this event is already going to be started by then. The current forecast, let me get back to that. Now, this is the forecast grid for Branson tonight. They did have... 20 to 30% chance of showers and thunderstorms after 4 a.m. They have since, as of 8 o'clock, let me reload that, make sure. So, yeah, they have removed that and called for mostly cloudy skies. Now, tomorrow, Wednesday, that's when the first of these impulses are really going to start riding along that front. Chances of showers and thunderstorms uh, after 10 a.m. Uh, showers mainly, the, the, the thunderstorms are going to be few and far between. They will be there, again, not looking at anything severe or heavy. Don't even think they're going to have any hail in them or anything. It's just your general garden variety, thunder showers. That's why I want to use thunder showers, because people freak out when I say thunderstorms. Uh, but, you know, the National Weather Service says that. But after 10 o'clock, and that's uh, precipitation chance is 80%, so it's pretty much going to rain. The, the forecast for Branson, at that point, a half to three quarters of an inch, although it's going to be... We'll get more in the heavier activity. Now, Wednesday night is really going to be the time to watch uh, because the evening into the overnight hours, the front is slowly going to keep going. We're going to still have waves of energy come through. They said maybe up to a half inch. Showers and thunderstorms, low of 63. Now, Thursday is when that front is actually going to move through. So we're going to have showers likely, maybe some thunder showers, whatever. But once that moves through... Then we're going to get partly sunny skies. So the front is going to move through, clear everything out, uh, an east wind becoming northwest in the afternoon. Now that's when that passage of the cold front is coming out. So on Thursday, 
If you're outside or you, if you have an anemometer, you know, wind, vein, weather vane, whatever, once that wind starts shifting to that northwest, cold front's here, and we can say bye-bye to these temperatures. Now, Wednesday, the high, t- high tomorrow, Wednesday, 74. We're going to have lots of moisture in the area, so it's not going to f- fall very much Wednesday night, low of 63, high Thursday, 74. But I imagine we're going to start falling by the afternoon. So Thursday night... The forecast mostly clear. So once the 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 thing about this cold front, there's not a kicker. It it that's why it's just kind of sagging. But we're going to have an, another impulse. A high pressure from Canada is going to come down, push that cold front through, and then high pressure is going to settle in. And we all know what high pressure means. Yeah, I mean from Canada, it's going to be you know pretty uh, pretty chilly. So the high Friday now. You ready for this? Sixty nine. 69. Friday night or Saturday morning low, 41. (laughs) The high Saturday, they keep lowering the temperature. The high, okay, you ready for this? The high Saturday, 61 degrees. Now I got to remind you, the overnight low for tomorrow is 62. So the high on Saturday is going to be lower than the low tomorrow morning. Now, with that, mostly clear skies and sunny, uh, high pressure generally means clear conditions. And if the center of that high moves over us, the wind is going to slow down or become calm. And that's what any radiational cooling is just going to send all that built up, stocked up heat into the atmosphere. The title of this episode is Frosty Temps Near. This is what I'm talking about. They're talking about temperatures anywhere from maybe 35 to 40 Sunday morning. This is overnight Saturday night into Sunday morning. For Branson, it's saying about 40. According to the graphic, it looks like eh, closer to the center of that high, which is coming in from the northwest, that should be more west-central Missouri. Uh, frost potential is there, but... You know, if the overnight, if it gets down to 35, it's, you know, if you're in a low-lying area, yeah, you're going to get some some lower temperatures. We all should know that by now. Those valleys, if you live at the bottom of the valley, take that overnight low. If you have calm winds and clear skies, tank that another four or five degrees, whatever. So we need to be aware of that. The best thing to do is keep watching our page, Storm Dry Weather on Facebook, and, uh, we're going to be watching this. So we've got a, a variety, <laughs> a variety of weather coming um, over this week. This is going to be the transition week. I'm going to call it that. I should have named the podcast Transition Week. No, hindsight. Anyway, 80-something uh, today. Yesterday was Saturday. No, Sunday was, no, Monday was yesterday. Gosh, the days are just flying. October, wow. Yeah. <laughs> 90, Sunday could be 35 to 40 Saturday night into Sunday. Now, that's just going to be a bump, okay? As we all know, and we should know, October is transition month. We're going to go up and down and up and down on these temperatures. The atmosphere is trying to reset to fall and winter, and October is that time to do that. So like I said, 90 at the beginning of the week, next Sunday, the Sunday, high Sunday is 66. But that cold ridge kind of moves out. So we're going to re- be returning into the 70s. So on Columbus Day, Monday, we'll have high 73. And then Tuesday, sunny with the high 76. All right, so this is, is going to be short-lived for now. 
And also, I need to let everybody know the average frost for our area, southwest Missouri, is around October 15th. So we, you know, we may be a little early. Uh, the freeze is later, and a freeze is anything below 32 degrees. You can frost uh, well above freezing. That's why they're talking about frost. And here's something, if you may not know, if you're a weather person, you will know this. Uh, the temperature is forecasted and measured at the height of your eyes, at, the, at your face level. It's like six feet up off the ground. So if it's 35, you know, you're feeling it on your nose at 35. Well, it's colder at the surface. <laughs> you know, uh, if the wind's not blowing, it's going to be a couple degrees. So if it's 35, you could get 33. Uh, so know that. Now, if there's wind out there, frost potential eh, is probably not there. But again, high pressure is usually associated with that you know, that colder air coming down. So welcome to fall. So here we go. All right. Uh, I'm going to do a little uh, analysis. Uh, Corey is the one that does the model minute, but we're not, we're not going to officially do a model minute. I'm just going to look at uh, thermals right now. Let me load that up. I want to make sure we have the best, most recent GFS. And this is going to go in, in the future. So I'm going to advance. Okay, it's really showing that cold front come through. So we're going to fast forward to Sunday uh, Sunday at, what is it? Oh, 6Z, which is uh, 1 a.m., so 46, 44. Okay, so we are going to warm kind of back up. So on, the, on Tuesday... Our forecasted high 76, the GFS is saying 81. Again, it, the, the models are not a forecast. The models are just a projection of what they think is going to happen based on calculations that they perform. So you can't take an actual temperature. You just I think uh, a, a month or two ago, Corey was looking at the models and it, the GFS was saying back up to 111. Well, we never got to 111. And that was way far out. And we all should know we cannot trust a model output that's longer, you know, further out than a week. I mean, the accuracy goes down, starts going down after three days. So we look there. And and by the time we get to three days, we start having a whole bunch of what we call the meso models, the medium range ones, uh, the NAM, the FE3, the WARF suite. And we get closer to any event, any event you do the HER, H-R-R-R, high-res rapid refresh. It updates every hour and really good when we have severe weather coming. So, okay, so then looks like Friday, October 13th. Ooh, Friday the 13th. Ooh. Yeah, well, I'm not superstitious. <laughs> it looks like another cold front coming through. Not major, but it could knock us down to highs in the 60s or whatever. Uh, but again, it, we're going to kind of rebound. It could be something interesting going uh, on the 17th. I don't see a lot of red anymore. Uh, what I'm looking for on the models is the blue. When you get a blue, when you're looking at the thermals or the temperature, once you see blue, that means below freezing. And I don't see that, but it's definitely going to be a little cooler according to the GFS. Now, according to the, the uh, Climate Prediction Center, we're talking about next week. Let me call that back up. Um, National Weather Service did a great graphic on that one. Uh, well, they took it off now. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it was saying maybe above average for me the nine through the whatever. I mean, it's it's way far out. Today's the third, so we're not gonna not gonna really project anything at that point. Um, so hey, since we're here and I got this up, let's talk about the drought. Remember, we had all that rain, 
all that rain. I, it was a nice soaking rain. The drought is lessening south of Highway 60 and west of, I don't know what that highway is, uh, west of West Plains. So when you get Joplin to Springfield to West Plains, south, like to the Arkansas border, we are not in a drought. We are in uh, nothing. We're not in abnormally dry. Now, Springfield looks like it's uh, D0, abnormally dry. And unfortunately, Nevada, Clinton, and Sedalia, man, you are still in an extreme drought. Most of this rain, I've noticed, has been falling south of, you know, Highway 60, south of 44. And they're not getting a lot of rain up there because it's going to take quite a bit of rain to put a dent in that drought, you know? (laughs) So we're doing that. At least we're not in a, officially in a drought. We'll see how that goes because when that high pressure moves in, our rain faucet's going to be turned completely off because it's not going to rain when we do that. Okay, let's get to the next segment. <laughs> yep, so got some pollen out there. Some uh, what the pollen.com says, ragweed and chinopods. And but it's way low. They're saying Wednesday and Thursday, which is tomorrow and Thursday, 0.6. That's almost none. And that, you know, it kind of makes sense. If it's going to rain and rain and rain and rain, like we've been talking about, yeah, it's that pollen, it's going to rain all that pollen down. Uh, Friday through Monday, no, no, Friday is medium. So we're kind of in the five range or whatever. Saturday is medium low. So it's still out there. And of course, if you're a ragweed sufferer, it doesn't take much. (laughs) It really doesn't take much to get those, you know, antigens going in your body to start reacting on that. Uh, So that's a good thing. Got a little bit of stuff to talk about in the tropics. Tropical, tropical, tropical. It's tropical. Yeah, we had, uh, well, we still have Tropical Storm Philippe out there. We've been talking about that storm for a while. It was forecasted to kind of, you know, peter out, blah, blah, blah. But it's it stuck with it, stayed at Tropical Storm status. Uh, maximum sustained winds about 45, you know, just hanging out there. And it kind of went towards, uh, it, well, right now it's, it's aimed towards the eastern British Virgin Islands. It's kind of sitting over there. It's been a drunken sailor. <laughs> You've heard me talk about you know, the, 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 the drunken sailor portion of this, where they just kind of meander around and they kind of go north and they kind of go clockwise and they kind of go, yeah, like that. Well, this time, it looks like we got some upper winds coming out uh, of, of the U.S. Going to steer that, that tropical storm, Philippe. It's maybe the third week we've talked about this, Philippe. Uh, go north. Right now, it's, it's moving northwest at 12. And uh, it... It's going to meander around, but then turn, well, it is turned straight north and head for Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. They had uh, Lee, I think, went up there. and, and uh, But th- this one is not going to be a hurricane. This is going to be a, a diminishing tropical storm, maybe a tropical depression by it gets up there. Time it gets up there. And in the Pacific, we have tropical storm Lydia. Oh, let me back up. We had in the Atlantic uh, tropical storm Rena, R-I-N-A, and that really didn't amount to anything. It was out there spinning around for a few days, kind of I became a tropical storm, but that's it, kind of drifted up north and then kind of went away. Okay, now tropical storm Lydia in the Pacific. Maximum sustained winds are at 40 right now. It's moving west northwest at eight. Uh, it's not going very fast. It's kind of kind of a, it's several hundred miles southwest of southwest Mexico. 
It's slowly headed to the west-northwest. Then it's going to turn west on Friday. And it might become a hurricane by Sunday, maybe. Uh, that This is a downgrade from the forecast of earlier this afternoon when I made the outline. They were talking about uh, it turning, when it, once it turned west on Friday, they had a hurricane status on it. Now it's just tropical storm, maybe, and maybe by Sunday, yeah, hurricane. So the weather conditions aren't that favorable. I mean, they're out there. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, it's not extreme. Conditions aren't that favorable, so it's going to go out there. It's not going to affect land or anything. I can't even think of what I'm saying. So, anyway, that's that. Uh, since we have some frost, and uh, we're not going to have a freeze, but um, but we got some frost out there. I think it's time to pull out the old weather school about frost and freeze. What you can do to protect your pipes, crops, and everything else. So let's get to the weather school. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, Stormed Our Weather School. The National Weather Service has placed the area under a frost advisory. Typically, frost can occur when the temperature falls below 36 degrees, especially in rural areas. It is a localized phenomena and can be quite variable across a small area. While the National Weather Service does not keep track of frost in observations per se, they do keep track of when temperatures hit the freezing mark or fall below. Frost becomes more widespread when the temperature falls below 32 degrees, with some freeze possible. Let's talk about the different types of frost. There's hoar frost, also called radiation frost, and that refers to white ice crystals deposited on the ground or loosely attached to exposed objects such as wires or leaves. It forms on cold, clear nights when conditions are such that heat radiates out to the open air faster than it can be replaced from nearby sources, like wind or warm objects. Hoarfrost may develop even when the air temperature a few feet above the ground is well above freezing. The word hoar, H-O-A-R, comes from an old English adjective that means showing signs of old age. In this context, it refers to the frost that makes trees and bushes look like white hair. There's white frost, and that is a solid deposition of ice that forms directly from water vapor in the air. White frost forms when the relative humidity is above 90% and the temperature is below 18 degrees. It grows against the wind direction, and the wind can't be too strong or else it damages the delicate icy structures as they begin to form. White frost resembles a heavy coating of hoarfrost with big interlocking crystals, usually needle-shaped. There's window frost, also called fern frost or ice flowers, and that forms when a glass pane is exposed to very cold air on the outside and warmer and moderately moist air on the inside. 
If the pane is not a good insulator, for example, if it's a single window pane, then water vapor condenses on the glass, forming frost patterns. With very low temperatures outside, frost can appear on the bottom of the window, even with double pane energy efficient windows, because the air advection between the two panes of glass ensures that the bottom part of the glazing unit is colder than the top part. On unheated motor vehicles, the frost will usually form on the outside surface of the glass first. There's advection frost, also called wind frost, and that refers to tiny ice spikes that form when very cold wind is blowing over tree branches, poles, and other surfaces. It looks like rimming on the edges of flowers and leaves and usually forms against the direction of the wind. It can occur at any hour, day, or night. Black frost, or a killing frost, is not strictly speaking frost at all because it is the condition seen in crops when the humidity is too low for frost to form, but the temperature falls so low that plant tissues freeze and become blackened, hence the term black frost. Black frost is often called killing frost because white frost tends to be less cold, partly because the latent heat of the freezing of the water reduces the temperature drop. There's rime, R-I-M-E, and that is a type of ice deposition that occurs quickly, often under heavily humid and windy conditions. Technically speaking, it's not a type of frost since usually supercooled water droplets are involved, in contrast to the formation of hoarfrost in which water vapor desubliminates slowly and directly. Ships traveling through Arctic seas may accumulate large quantities of rime on the rigging, but unlike hoarfrost, which has a feathery appearance, rime generally has an icy and solid appearance. A frost advisory is issued when conditions warrant the development of frost, especially in low-lying areas. Frost usually forms on those cold nights with very little wind, aided by a large area of cold high pressure. Again, frost can develop when temperatures are above freezing, but when temps are forecasted to fall below freezing for at least three hours, then a freeze warning is issued. Freeze warnings are only issued in the fall and spring. In the fall, a freeze warning is usually issued once, when the forecasted temperatures are expected to be cold enough to put an end to the growing season. Temps from 29 to 32 degrees for a few hours overnight will kill off sensitive plants, but temps below 28 degrees tend to harm the most hardy vegetation. In the spring, freeze warnings are issued after the growing season starts and is an alert to farmers and gardeners to be sure and protect their crops. Here's some things to know if you get under a frost advisory or a freeze warning in the spring. Wet soil holds heat better than dry soil, protecting roots and warming air near the soil. Bed sheets, drop cloths, blankets, and plastic sheets make suitable covers for vulnerable plants. Use stakes to keep material, especially plastic, from touching the foliage but be sure to remove the coverings when temperatures rise the next day. When we start seeing frost advisories or freeze warnings in the fall, then we know what's just around the corner. 
Winter. 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 If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And that should give you a little bit of advice on how to protect those plants. Uh, yeah, so. Okay, it's time for In Other News. I got a couple of things on here. Uh, I don't know if you all heard, uh, New York got flooded. Matter of fact, they're talking about life-threatening flooding in New York City. It overwhelmed the streets and subways. I'm going to skim through this article uh, here. They said, uh, more rain fell in a single day at New York's John F. Kennedy International Airport. Nearly eight inches than any other day since 1948. They said a month's worth of rain fell in Brooklyn in just three hours as it was socked by some of the storm's most intense rainfall rates Friday morning. Friday. This is Friday the, the 29th. Uh, so let me go over there. Uh, uh, also a widespread three to six inches of rain falling across the New York City by late Friday afternoon. Uh, a little more f- was forecasted to fall. And let me see. I'm just kind of skimming over this. It's wild. They said water also found its way into 150 of New York City's 1,400 schools. Wow. And they remained open on Friday. They said the... It, they said a news briefing, then they kept them open. Uh, one school in Brooklyn evacuated when flood water caused the school's boiler to smoke. So the this is not good. I mean, Eric said anywhere. I mean, take Springfield, take Branson. Eight inches? Are you serious? That's a lot of rain. That reminds me of the big flood event in what, I think 2013 or something like that. I think that's I think it's the year Corey will be yelling at the at the podcast device at this point. Uh, travel was kind of stopped. Flood watches were there. Uh, yeah, record. Okay, so here's a little, some stats. In Brooklyn, a month's worth of rain fell. Up to four and a half inches fell in three hours on Friday. Uh, they said this three-hour rainfall total is only expected about once every 100 years in Brooklyn, according to the National Weather Service. In Manhattan, nearly two inches of rain fell in one hour in Central Park. The second wettest hour there in 80 years. More than five inches of rain had fallen there so far. And in Queens, I listened to a podcast uh, with some some guys that are from Astoria up there in Queens. It's the wettest day on record at John F. Kennedy Airport, which he talked about. Preliminary data for the National Weather Service shows at least 7.88 inches of rain had fallen there since midnight. Wow, wow, wow. So I hope they dry I hope they dry out now. And the only other thing I got is um, they're saying that the rest of the hurricane season, okay, now we've peaked hurricane season. So the, the, the and again, this is a decades average. Usually the middle to latter part of September is the peak hurricane season. We're in October now. So we're theoretically, statistically going down. We still have storms and stuff out there. But now they're saying the rest of the hurricane season is kind of, okay, I didn't make this up. This is what they say, is in uncharted waters. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. Uncharted waters, yeah, I get that. Anyway, because of El Nino, 
and the record ocean temperatures. Because since we have all these record ocean temperatures that are way higher than they're supposed to be, and El Nino happening that's affecting all the stuff, they're, they're not really sure what's going to happen. Um, uh, experts are saying, well, an already active hurricane season could come to an eventful and exceptional end as unusually warm, storm-boosting ocean temperatures and a slow-to-emerge El Nino, they combine together. So uh, uh, so far, the, the Atlantic season has 18 named storms, uh, which is already above average. So I'm glad, you know, when we were talking about that, Corey and I were talking about that back in the spring, that they kind of upped their, their uh, forecast, and that actually happened. But they say October usually signals a change in the activity where the storms form. In the first half of October, it typically is the final stretch of the busiest time. So that's what we just said. Um, so we're we're basically, we're in October. Yeah, we're, we're going way down. So you can look on that. We've got, uh, I'm kind of skimming over this. I skimmed over it before. I just want to make sure I cover everything. But yeah, it's it's it, we could get some more. Like I said, uh, Rena came... And uh, it, it, the storm lasted a few days and went away. Philippe is, they thought it was going to peter out. It, it was a drunken sailor. <laughs> Just kind of went around and hung on. And now it's going to eventually head north. And it, it's, uh, again, we're going to have to watch that over the next, I don't know, three or four days. Because I, I don't think it's going to, it's not going to take the same track as Lee. I don't think it's going to affect. Uh, the eastern seaboard at all. It's way out there. It's 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 way further east out in the Atlantic than Lee was. And Lee was a hurricane. This is just a baby top, tropical storm. So I don't think it's going to affect anyone at this point. Again, it's, <laughs> it's October 3rd, and uh, it could change in three or four days. We'll just have to keep saying that. But Okay, well, that's all I've got. I mean, I hope you've stuck with me. I It's... I love doing the podcast. Uh, maybe Corey will be back next week, hopefully. And, but he's going to start doing his season, his Christmas season, soon. And he's out of there. So uh, we'll just have to pick and hunt times that we can do this podcast. And we'll do it. If not, I'll do it. You have to listen to my boring voice. And But, I'm, you know, I've, I've got stuff. Oh, uh, another little thing we've got. Uh, hopefully, I think in a few weeks... We've got uh, another school we're going to go to and talk. So if you have a school that, you know, third grader, I think it's third graders, maybe the whole third grade class, their weather units, give us a shout out. You know, message us, DM us on uh, Stormdar Weather. Uh, Corey's wife, Shara, is a coordinator for that. We have spoken at many schools before. We love doing that kind of thing, educating these kids. I mean, it can be anywhere from high school all the way down to, I think, one time Shara and I did kindergartners or first graders and that was so cute their questions were i mean those kids were into it i mean it it lasted a long time love this love those kids uh third graders we did some fifth graders yeah so you know if you want us to come out and talk to your school group please message us up uh email us stormdoorweather at gmail.com or just dm us on our facebook page we've got that out there all right, so I hope everybody is going to take precautions if you've got uh, plants that you want to save. You know you know what to do. Um, I know some people are going to be done with watering their plants for the year. It's like, eh, okay, we're done. <laughs> but it's going to warm back up if your plants survive. Again, it's October. We're going to have these wild swings, so buckle up, buttercup. <laughs>
All right. Well, thanks for joining me. And I think it's time to wrap this thing up. So be lo- be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like and comment our... Let me start that over. Be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like and follow our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have us show up in your newsfeed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email, like I said, to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website. Really cool website at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this week. So join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. Thank you.